how well do you know Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill? Can you recount it scene by scene from memory? Because we're gonna attempt to do that right now. Now, Kill Bill Volume 1 is just a masterpiece. It's Whenever amazing. I think about it and I'm thinking about it right now, I'm like, there's really never gonna be another writer-director like Tarantino. Never. And now this movie, like many of his films, is out of order all over the place. So it's gonna be challenging to do this mem movies from memory. So welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, everybody. This is another episode of Movies from Memory where we try to recount a movie scene by scene without having watched it recently and without looking into it. Yeah, and Kill Bill's iconic. It's one of our all-time favorites. Personally, it's like my top 15 favorite movies of all time, volume one specifically. Top three, it's in my top three, Tarantino. And I, I really adore IMDb. It's an 8.2 run. Tomatoes, it's an 85% critic score, 81% audience score. Came out in 2003. And Beatrix Kiddo, the bride, is one of our favorite characters in the history of cinema in general. We love the character, and Tarantino's a legend. And Kill Bill was such a great film for him to come off of his hit in, hits in the 90s, you yeah. know. He comes off of Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown, which people at the time, were, Jackie Brown was kind of a misstep for some people, but I still think it's a great movie. Coming off Pulp Fiction, but then turn of the century with Kill Bill Volume 1, then 2, he just punched everybody in the face cinematically. He, he struck them with a sword. He seriously did. This was Tarantino really doing a movie, making a movie about everything he loved about film. That's kung fu movies, that's samurai movies, that's Ennio Morricone scores, all of these things that he loves and he just put it into a movie. He had never done that before. This time he has a huge budget and he basically had the free reign to do anything with this film. And because it's actually one film, technically it was released into two films as we all know, but it's technically all one film. He likes to look at it as the whole bloody affair is the, what you call this. I want to watch it all in, in like a, without stopping. We've done a, a double feature before for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, we have. Cause we did an episode on both of them in one episode. But I remember thinking Beatrix and Kill Bill were like the coolest things as a kid. I think they still are the coolest we things. Still, I mean, <laughs> we grew up like what, we were 12 when this came out, 13, yeah. something like that. And it was like the coolest movie I've ever seen. Beatrix has always been a, an all time favorite character of mine, like top 10, top five. I love her. Uma Thurman's incredible as the bride and just this memorable figure from the history of movies in general action movies revenge sagas it's top tier as well as you can tell Tarantino's just having so much goddamn fun when he made this movie just the magic surrealism blended in with great filmmaking like we know him to have as well as incredible dialogue insanely memorable characters I mean some of the most memorable characters in his entire career just come from this one movie. Yeah, and then obviously collaborating with Robert Richardson, his his guy, his DP, his cinematographer. And this is really the first movie where you get to hear Ennio Morricone score, soundtrack scores in one of his movies. The yeah, first that's time, true. The first time he ever did it was with this film. Good point. And then now you think about it, and Ennio Morricone is, is synonymous with the Tarantino movie now. Absolutely. And the thing I love about Kill Bill 1 and 2 is there, there's such a blend of genres. We have revenge, obviously. We have action. We have samurai. We also have western infused in there. I mean, the, the second film is basically a western. Half of it takes place in the desert. And it's just a lot of fun the way he infused, like you said, his favorite types of movies into one movie. And just doing fun things as well as split screens and some little digital sequences on top of the screen as well. And Guess some, where he got split screen from? He got it from Soderbergh? No. No, he was making movies before Soderbergh. Well, I, know he, I know he was, but I'm just saying. My guy, man. It's my guy. Who's my guy? Brian De Palma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way Anthony says my guy, you know he's talking about Brian De Palma. <laughs> so De Palma made split screens a thing in the 80s. And then Tarantino, he's one of his favorite directors. So then he started using split screens because uh, De Palma used them so well. What's an early movie De Palma was using split screens in? He does, he does it in Scarface. 
He did it in Sisters. Mm -hmm. He did it in Dress to Kill. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I watched he, that he, one he, he's done it in all of his films pretty much. He did it in Blowout. So yeah. he's always, he's, he was like always using split screen all the time. And then Tarantino's like, I want to do that too. So that, the hospital scene, we'll get to it. The split screen of that. It's very reminiscent of a scene from Sisters. Yeah, and we're going to do our best to piece this together. Like Anthony said, this movie is out of chronological order. It's a nonlinear story. It's going to be tough. It. Batman Begins, we did pretty well with nonlinear story structure. However, that's just the first act. But when you think about Kill Bill, there aren't a ton of scenes, I feel like. Just long sequences. That's any Tarantino movie, yeah. So I think we should be able to piece it all together. But I think the first act is the hardest part of putting together Kill Bill. Yeah, because I mean, the second, the last hour is basically... The, it's, it's linear in one location. To an it's in one area. Yeah, just fighting over Nishi. E. Yeah, but we can still. We gotta get the specifics of that right. But we gotta open this up. This movie opens with a credit roll, like a title credit roll, like he. And then the, the pre-show, yeah, the pre-show. Miramax, obviously. The first thing we see is actually a black and white film. Of Uma Thurman on the floor, right? The bride covered in blood. And I'm, I think it might be... That's the only shot for this it's, scene. So, okay. So, it's the sh overhead of her on the floor, yeah. bloodied. And then we she's hear her talking for her Bill. life. Yeah. yeah, she's... And then... So well, he doesn't say anything, does he? No, he says stuff. Yeah. He's, he's talking to her. He says... I can't remember what he says, but she's talking... She's basically begging for her life. And I can't she's remember... like, the, don't do this. We yeah. haven't seen this in a while, FYI. So I can't remember the exact dialogue, but he says... But right before he's going to kill her, we don't see anything except for this shot. Yes. She says, Bill, it's, it's your, your bum! And, and we, heard, we, heard, we heard the cocking of the gun. So mm -hmm. we, we could tell there was a gun be, about to be fired on her. Yeah, but we can also hear the footsteps of him walking closer to her. But I can't remember the dialogue I believe exactly. he. I believe Tarantino even keeps the shot where we get we see blood splatter. Yeah, well, it, yeah. it shoots from her head. Yeah, yeah exactly. Blood so splatter from her head. It's very graphic. Yeah. But he was able to get away with it because it's black and white. Insanely bold first shot. Like, what an opening. What an opening. And then it's just great mystery right here as well as a shocking scene. This is And this is probably my favorite Tarantino title role is it's a, it's a profile of Uma lying on the floor, just her profile, and then the text, the, the title credits is, above, is like above her. And Na Nancy Sinatra's song. Yeah, Bang Bang. They sh bang Bang, You Shot Me Down. What's yeah. the song called? Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. I think maybe, yeah, maybe we shot me down. Yeah. yeah, that's the song. And so that whole thing plays over the profile of Uma still in black and white. And this, so this movie, it's first five minutes is just two shots. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's amazing. And it's insanely enticing, but also a great song to open up his movie with some great title as well. Some great credits. And I believe, I, I believe this is the first collaboration with Robert Richardson. It's possible. Because Richardson was, yeah. Did he do Jackie Brown? I don't think so. I think that he was mainly working with Scorsese and a couple other directors in the 90s. And then the, I think this was the first collaboration with Robert Richardson and Tarantino. I'm pretty sure. Well, either way, it looks terrific. Because you can tell stylistically it's, he's on another level from the other three movies. True. It is pretty similar to an extent to Jackie Brown in a lot of ways, I would say. But obviously he has his style that you can pull from But there's something movies. this movie had that he never was really doing before is that that it's incredible colors. Yeah, yeah, the yellow and reds. design, costuming. Like he was having so much fun with his team on this one Got to a huge really budget. Yeah, so he was the other films his three his first three films, I think those three all have the same look. Yeah. And then Kill Bill was him evolving as a filmmaker. This is his longest period of time between movies and for so sure. And so right off the bat we get black and white footage and then just speaking about the coloring, the lighting, 
production design, costuming. There's a lot more color to it. Now, the next scene <laughs> is it's Vernita Green. Yes. So this is we're going out of order. I believe so she pulls up into the neighborhood. It's like chapter it's the number 5 on her list. No, no, it's chapter chapter 3 I think because what happens is she pulls up. I think it's Pasadena too. I think it's, it's pa Pasadena. It's Pasadena. Yeah, she's in the pussy wagon. She's already in the pussy wagon. Yeah, the yellow truck. And I believe she parks and she... She just parks in front of a suburban house. Does she look at the notebook yet or is it yes. after? So, I, I believe... No, no, she doesn't. She does it after. But so, she's in... We get a shot of her inside the car, I though, think so, I think. yeah. And then she goes up to the doorknob and she presses the doorbell. And this button always makes me cringe because she's... Uma Thurman's double-jointed in her finger. In her... double hinge, yeah. In her index double finger. Joint, and yeah. it always bends. Yeah. Her finger bends she's like got one of those. It always, like, makes me cringe a little bit because I'm not double-jointed anywhere. It just... It looks crazy, like, and it just makes a V. I've never seen anyone with a, a index finger double jointed, but there's always that kid at school. To, there's like that one kid who has a double jointed thumb, and they just play it like a joystick, <laughs> like on an N64 Like, look, look at my double joint. <laughs> that's his claim to fame. That's such a good. That's such a thing. There's every school has that kid. And then he worked at a gas station. That's it. <laughs> that was his peak. Third grade, he was double jointed. That's what he was known for. <laughs> just kidding. Not everyone who's double jointed works at a gas station, but <laughs> it's a requirement. We have a great shocking opening where Vernita Green opens the door. And Beatrix is there, and they get into an insane fight. We get the first, uh, it's a super fast zoom in on her eyes. Yeah. On, on Beatrix. Do we have the red? Yes, this is the first time we see it. Yeah. And they're in the living room. I didn't realize we were doing sound effects this episode. We do usually sometimes. With fighting. And they are they are tearing this apart. This, this place is getting thrashed. This is... Unbelievable fight choreography, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. This flies under the radar when people talk about action and fight Some choreography. Of the best I've seen. This is better than anything I've seen all year. It's incredible, paired with the perfect, precise cinematography and the amazing, over-the-top sound design. The and the the fun hits. So something like Born came out. Born Identity came around around this time, and the sound effects and that of punches are so bad, comical, very bad. Now, yeah, the sound design's awful. They improved it with the other films. But this time, with, when you have this tone, when you pair it with this music, and you, and you do that fun red and, red flashing zoom in, it's setting you up for like this funny sound effects work. It's Born, all tone. He's fighting the guy in the apartment. It's like it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. <laughs> but this is a great fight. Also a great back and forth where they both get control. Both ladies are insanely skilled fighters. Clearly, and it turns into a knife fight. So they one someone gets thrown into the shelf. But then I think Beatrix Beatrix gets thrown in, into the through the glass coffee table, mm -hmm. shatters it, and she's like, "Fuck, that hurt." <laughs> and while while she's trying to recover from that. Vernita goes into the kitchen, I believe, to grab a knife. Yeah, but Beatrix has her knife in her holster on her leg. Yeah. Her knife, what would you call it, a knife holster? Or a yeah, knife holster. holster. I guess that's the Yeah, holster's the a holster. Holster. Or no, a sheath. No, a sheath is with a sword. Or it's any, a holster. No, but sheaths are with blades. It's a holster. Hold on, let's... You can put a... You can... A, uh, what do you... What, a baton holster. It's a holster. Knife holster. A mace holster is a holster. Knife holster. Okay, yeah, a yeah, genuine a leather. No sleeve, knife sleeve. That's what they're called. What? Hold on. Isn't a holster? Sheath. I was right. No, doesn't a holster qualify as something that's attached to your belt or your or your pants? I think I'm right, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust that Google search anymore. You can search it later. <laughs> but it's a great fight, and then they are interrupted though because they both. Well, get... there's a great standoff in the kitchen. 
When they both have a knife. Yeah, well, then, yeah. so they both have a knife, and they're yeah. fighting, but then they're in the living room, both have a knife. That's it. And that's they're it. waiting yeah. to see who makes the move first mm-hmm. through the living room window. What happens? A school bus pulls in front of the house, and Veronita Green's little daughter, her name is... Fuck. Nikki. 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 Nikita. Yeah. Nikki, because she calls her Nikita. It's, it's sick. It's, it's short for Nikita. No, Nikita's just a nickname yeah. for yeah. Nikki. Yeah, okay. It's because clearly they, they probably speak Spanish. I, I'll do. I I love uh, Vernita. Like during the fight, she's smack talking. She's like, "Got you now, bitch." <laughs> she keeps. She says a bunch of lines like that that are great. So Nikki shows up, and they're just like watching her. As soon as she opens the door, they both put their guard away. Put the well, knife no. Behind so their back. first, you're missing the the whole the tense part the is look. The, the bus arrives. That's what I said. Well, no, I'm saying, and then. They both just look out the window as she's slowly walking up. And as an audience member, the first time you're watching it, you're like, What's, what are they going to do? <laughs> what are they going to do? And then she slowly just like walking it up, up, up the girl. walkway, opens the door. And right when she opens the door, they both like look at each other. Okay, they make a silent agreement. Put the knives behind them. And that I love little how- 10 seconds is amazing. Okay, good. And then Nikki looks around the house and the house is destroyed. And she's like, Mommy, what happened? She's like, You know your dog? He ran around and caused a goddamn mess everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Blames the dog. <coughs> and this is my friend. Beep. Beep. We don't get to hear Beatrix's name for a while. <laughs> When's the first time we do hear it? It's it's in Kill Bill Volume 2. Volume 2, right? Yeah. It's uh, Bill's the first person to say it. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And what does she say? She go upstairs and I'll make you some cereal. Yeah, exactly. And so I think she goes up, tells her to go upstairs to get ready for or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So and then, then the they girls go in the, go the kitchen, kitchen and basically they agree that. Yeah, I think she said the dog was acting a fool. <laughs> yeah. Acting a damn fool in yeah, here. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> you know that dog ears? <laughs> um, and so they go in the kitchen. They agree basically that they're not going to fight and do this here. Yes. Not in front of, I won't murder you in front of your daughter. Don't worry. You're safe for now, basically. And they plan on having, like, how do you want to do this? Black Mamba? <laughs> I should have been Black Mamba. Black Mamba. How, that depends. How do you want to die? <laughs> they're trying to figure out how to kill each other, even though. Vernita Green does, she basically says, I know if I apologize, it doesn't mean anything, but I am sorry for what I did. She tries to get out of it with words. Yeah. And she says something about getting even, and Beatrix goes, oh, if you want to get even, you want to get square, what would happen is I would have to kill you, go upstairs, kill your daughter, and wait for your loving husband, the doctor, to come home and kill him too. Yes. And then we'd be even. Then we'd be just about square. Reference to Pulp Fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're trying to decide... What to do? And Vernita suggests there's a park in the neighborhood, and they have them sneaking, dress up in black at night, and have themselves a good night fight. Knife fight. Night fight. Knife fight. I think she says night fight. She definitely says knife fight. I don't know. I think it's a night. It's a knife fight. I think it's a night. It's knife fight. Night. Well, okay, we have to settle this. No, 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 no. no we no, have no cheating. No, we're not cheating. I'm just looking up dialogue. All right. Hold on, Vernita right, Green. It. We have ourselves. And knife fight. Hold on, let me double check. I'm just going to see what Google says. Blah, 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 blah. We have us a knife fight. Knife? A knife fight. Oh, damn. That was night. Because <laughs> they're fighting at night. Because she says, we meet there around 2.30 in the morning, dressed in all in black, your hair in a black stocking. We have us a knife fight. Okay. We won't be bothered. Thank you for the correction. Knife fight? Where'd you get that from? It's movies from memory, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Gonna, it gets silly in here. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> movies from memory. I got one letter off. It's a com- it's a big change. It completely changed. Change? Big change. <laughs> it completely changes the meaning of the sentence, Anthony. And then after they agree on that, Vernita acts super casual. She's like, 
All right, well, I, let me uh, fix my daughter some cereal. If you don't mind, if you don't mind, yeah. I have to fix. I have to fix Nikki's cereal now. Yeah, <laughs> just bigger. <laughs> she turns black, around, and then she's like, "Black Mamba." I should have been motherfucking black, black Mamba. Mamba. <laughs> and then she grabs the cereal out of the sh- out of the shelf, and Beatrix says something to piss her off, and then she turns around. You know what? And she puts her hand in the box and lifts it up in the air. Yes, and shoots. And Beatrix dodges the bullet. Throws her knife at the same time, yeah. stabs her in the heart. She flies into the cabinet, yeah. knife in the heart, and just dies. She right falls there. down onto the floor, yeah, against the wall. Mm-hmm. And then Beatrix walks up to her, and then pulls the knife knife out of Renita's body, wipes it, turns around, and then little, sheaths it. Sheaths it. And then little Nikki's standing in the doorway, like fuck. And I'm pretty sure it's a great shot where while she's sheathing it, it's a cool shot because it like slides on the the rubber of the sheath. And oh, then yeah, I, I believe it's Nikki's in the background because it's a close up of the sheath and Nikki's in the background. It's like a Western shot of if it would be the same shot of like a Western cowboy with a revolver right on the hip. A gun it's holster. a hip shot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the main difference between, between knives and <laughs> guns. Guns go, go in holsters. <laughs> it's a knife holster. It's a knife sheath. It's a knife. It's a knife sheath. It's a knife knight. It's a knight sheath. <laughs> it's, it's a sheath fight. <laughs> <laughs> and then so at first Beatrix is at a loss for words. Of what to say to this little girl. And she says, it was not my intention to do this in front of you. Um, blah, 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 something. Uh, when you grow up, if you feel, if you still feel sour about it, um, you can look me up. But you can try I'll to, be waiting. I'll be waiting for you. Yeah. She's, she says, if you still feel sour about it, I think is what she says. Something like that. Yeah. And then obviously a lot of people, they think that Kill, they thought Kill Bill Volume 3 would be his last movie. And they thought that the adult Nikki getting revenge on Beatrix would be... The storyline, the, story the plot line. Which I don't want to see it there. It could have been interesting, but I don't want a third Kill Bill. I think, I think it ended perfectly. It did really end, end yeah. perfectly. And plus, I mean, for I mean, how is she? Where is she going to train? Paimé's dead, and Bill's dead. Like, who can train her to be? Bernie this? Green's daughter. Yeah, she can find a master somewhere. I guess so. They're not the only great martial artists on the planet. You're right, man. I, that's a good point. Yeah, man. Come on. There's not just two. But I'd rather Tarantino do a different movie. You know, it's Tarantino. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to kill Bill Volume Three. I, th- I think it'd be interesting, but I, just, I don't want it. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, if he didn't stop making movies, sure. Yeah. But if he's just going to make one more, I don't want it to be a Kill Bill, even though a Kill Bill is one of my favorite movies of all time. But so, she kills Renita Green, leaves the house. Then she goes in the pussy wagon, in the truck, pulls out the notebook. And the interesting thing about the notebook is there's already, already she is the top of the list. Yeah. It's already been crossed off, right? Yes. And then, I believe Renita Green's second. Could be second, yeah. Because then it goes, I think the order is, it's, it's already she e crossed it already. Vernita Green was written down, crossed out, and then third is L Driver. No, third, third's Bud. Then four is L, L Driver, Driver, and then five is Bill. Killed, yeah. I believe that's the order of the Notebook, but we only see. I don't think we see the full list yet, not until she writes it on the airplane later. I think we see the full list. We just don't understand the names yet, and we don't understand how one's context. been crossed out yet. Yeah, because this is obviously chrono- chrono- chronologically later on. So, okay, she crosses out Vernita Green's name. Yes. And this is a fun next shot because it cuts to... What is next? It cuts to black, and then it cuts to the sheriff's... Oh! The sheriff and his son <laughs> yeah. deputy, the deputy driving to the it's crime just the scene. sheriff. No, his son's in there. No, his son's already at the crime you're scene. You're right, you're right. Your son, his son's at the crime scene, but I love the shot because it's four pairs of sunglasses on the dashboard. That's the shot the whole time, and he pulls up to the chapel, the church... This actor also plays Esteban in part two. Yeah, Esteban. And then he pulls up to the church. There's a crime scene. There's a bunch of cop cars there. And then he gets out, 
and then he meets his son who's a deputy in the town and they talk about the crime scene he's he's like what do we got here or something like that and obviously the sheriff picks up some of the cartridges from bullets and realizes that this was a professional hit. Yeah, he asks like how many people are in there, and the son's like, "There's like a, a dead, three people dead." No, it's way. Oh more no, yeah, it's a bunch of people. It's, dead. it's everyone's yeah. dead. The whole yeah. wedding party's like dead. People. Even yeah. the uh, pianist, who's played by Samuel Jackson in Part Two, mm-hmm. he, even he's dead. The preacher's dead. They Spoilers. killed everybody. <laughs> I thought you were serious for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then so basically, then he. Finds the bride, who's obviously the center of the massacre. The bell of the ball. The bell of the ball. <laughs> I say that that quote a lot. Anthony didn't realize it was from the office until he looked it up or he saw it yesterday. The bell of the prison ball. Prison Mike, man. <laughs> the, what was the worst thing about prison? The Dementos. The Dementos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but gruel for days. <laughs> I kidnapped the daughter of the president of the United States. <laughs> and I never got caught. <laughs> But he went to prison anyways. <laughs> so the sheriff goes up to the bride who's on the floor, and everybody thinks she's dead. But they... also he's talking about how she's the prettiest bride you've ever seen. She's like an angel. That's what I was about to say. Well, I thought you were about to skip that because you were skipping that. <laughs> Anthony was – I know everyone thought, like, Anthony is probably going to skip this part. I hope Jim comes in. says it because I really want someone to say it. So he comments on her, on her looks, which happens multiple times in the franchise. And then – Beatrix spits up some blood as like a reflex, and then he's like, oh, what does he say? He says, cocksucker's still alive. Cocksucker's still alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to the hospital. I be- okay, not yet, not yet. No? Well, f- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, so sheriff scene ends. Cut, yeah, cuts to the hospital. Okay, you're right. So it's because it's L driver is about hospital. to be a time change, but not yet. So okay. L. So here's the question: Do we see Beatrix in the hospital beds first, or do we see L driver get into the hospital first? I think we see. I think it's not. It's a. It's a cut where she's on the ground, then it cuts to her in the hospital bed. Okay, I think clean you're right. faced. Yeah, because this she's obviously been been showered and cleaned and everything, and now yeah. she's in her coma. Yes, and it doesn't. We don't know she's in a coma yet, but we do. Then it cuts to L in her nurse outfit entering the hospital. the hospital. Yes, and then she's walking through the hallway. And then she's whistling. And then we do the split screen. So we get this. You're right. We did see Beatrix first. So we see a split screen. The left screen is Beatrix in the bed the whole time. And the right screen is a montage of what Elle's doing. She's walking through the hallway. She goes into a hospital room, an empty room. And she prepares poison in a needle. On a nice little tray. A nice little tray. <laughs> it's very aesthetic. And then she enters. She looked up the design on, on, on <laughs> it's a Pinterest. Pinterest. Pinterest poison. <laughs> <laughs> and then she enters Beatrix's room and she walks up to the bed. But also, she's got an eye patch. Eye patch, yes. Which matches her nurse outfit as well. She's very stylish. White, white eye patch. Yeah, yeah you're right. Good, good call, man. Yeah. That's a great with little touch. red cross on That's it? the creativity that he didn't have in his other films that he yeah. did with this film. And so she sees Beatrix in the hospital bed and she says, uh, she's preparing to insert the poison into the stream, the, the, the little hose connected to her. But, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Whatever. whatever. The, um, oh, what's it called? The, uh, yeah, what's, I got, the, what's I got it called, Mr. It with a, it's, there's a V in it. The tube? IV. IV tube. Yeah. Okay. And then she's saying something she's like, um, in our profession, it's rare to be able to die in your sleep. This is like a great luxury that I'm giving you. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift. So she's saying like- My gift to you. To, to die in your sleep peacefully. Something yes. like that. And then she's, a, it, to die in your sleep is a rarity of our kind. Yes. Yeah. Of our profession. Yeah. 
my gift to you. And then she places the needle into the IV. She's about to press. About to hit the plunger. And then her phone rings. And she's like, fuck. She's like, ah. But it's her. It's Bill's line, so she has to answer it. So she answers the phone. She's like, hey, hey, baby. Or something like that. Yeah, because they have an intimate relationship. Yeah. Because obviously Bill moved on to L after Beatrix left him. Yeah. And he tried, thought he killed Beatrix. And basically, Bill says to abort the mission. Which at first is, are you there? Are you there? She's like, yeah. Basically, did you do it yet? Where how is she? Yeah. And he, she says she's in a coma. Yeah. And then he says, "All right, what we're gonna do is abort the mission." She's like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" You hear screaming, yeah, she's on screaming his phone. From the, yeah. Then it cuts to her. But with his shot, we only see his hand on the hilt of his sword. Yeah, he's just caressing yeah, the sword. It's great. Then we have the great Atori Hanzo logo. What a great fucking villain shot. What a great fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Elle's pissed off that they're aborting the mission because Bill probably got cold feet of what he wanted to happen here. And Elle, have we talked about before whether he gave this as a mission to Elle or whether Elle was acting of her own accord? I looked at. I have always looked at this as Bill told her to do it. Yeah, and then he got. Cold she feet. wouldn't do this without his permission. I think so too. And he got. She got cold feet. He got cold feet and decided to abort. We're gonna abort them. Yeah, because he calls it. A he mission. said if she can wake up from this, like she would deserve to like live. Yeah, something like that. He says what we're not gonna do is sneak up into her hotel room while she's asleep and kill her yeah. in her sleep like a rat, basically yeah. like yeah. a rodent or something like that. She deserves at least a chance, a chance or something, something, something like, like that. that. Something. But like this that. is not what we're gonna do. And Elle's pissed off about it. And Bill calms her down by saying that he loves her. Yeah. Do you love me? Yes. I love you too. And then she hangs up angrily. And then she says something else to Beatrix. She says something before she leaves. She says... Consider this your lucky day or something. No, she says, you better hope you don't wake up. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You better hope you don't wake up. Yes. Something like that. Great. Nice. Thanks. Thanks. I think it's something like that. Yeah, definitely Sounds something right. like that. Ooh, we're, we're cooking, man. All right, now we are cooking. Who let us cook like this? We're gonna jump. We're gonna jump in time. Shit, I can't remember. A few years at least. Okay, somewhere between three, four, five years. Yes, because this is right recent coma with L. And, and so now four years later, if BB's probably, four years later, it's gotta be four-ish because BB's no, it's definitely four years. BB's four, right? Yeah, it's a hundred percent, one thousand percent, four years later. So she would have given birth by uh, event. She would have, yeah. So. If, yeah, something like that. So let's say three or four years. Four years later, and it's it's um, what the fuck's the guy's name? Buck. Buck, walking through the hall with a guy, and he's giving him information. And as an audience, <laughs> as an audience member, we're like, wait, are they? Ta- is he talking about Beatrix? Because he's talking about like the rules, not so much the rules. Brings him into. The, I can't remember exactly what he's saying, but it's not nothing that could get him in trouble if someone's eavesdropping. But then he reveals like the more specific stuff when they're in the room. They enter the room. He says basically no no punching, no biting, no leaving marks of any kind. And also Don't gives, finish inside of her. Yeah, it gives no, he says you can. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Her tubes the don't pipes work, don't work so anymore. finish up inside her all you yeah. want. Um gives him a, a thing of Vaseline. It's disgusting. We're just we're laying out. I know this is gross. Oh yeah, everybody yeah. everybody knows. I don't want anyone to take out a specific part of this and be like, cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> if they were gonna do that, there's plenty of other stuff they could do too. There sure is. Now <laughs> gives him the Vaseline. Because he might need it as well as have fun. You have 15 minutes. Or ask him how much. 15 minutes, 20 bucks. Something like that. And also Buck's insinuating that he's done this a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it. I think they also comment on her looks too. I think we see the keychain as well. I think the there's, there's like chain. several times in both movies where she's lying down and the men comment on her looks. I think it's sort of a, a reference to Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Snow, Snow White. 
I think he calls her Sleeping Beauty. Something like I that. I think Buck calls her that. Eh, maybe. Something like that. Maybe. But I think that's what Tarantino's referencing mm-hmm. because she is a Sleeping Beauty. Now, I believe that's about it, basically. Then Buck leaves and this trucker guy. Oh! She wakes up before this. Oh, you're we right. We fucking forgot. Oh, okay, okay. I got it. That's I got it. it. It just hit me. It hit me. So while they're in the hall, while they're in the hallway, Beatrix wakes up before they get there because yeah. what happens, this is it. A fucking mosquito lands on her arm. Yes, that's it. And there's a close up of the, the mosquito. mosquito sucking her blood. And he does. And then, and then he, oh, here it is. Here he it is. Does I th- got it. No, I'm just saying, oh, the mosquito, he does. I can't remember what the I fucking got it. edit's called. I have the edit. He does the match cut of three. It gets closer and closer and closer to the mosquito. Yeah, we're screaming. Sorry. <laughs> this is what happens. So it's close up of the mosquito. Yes. Sucking her blood. Great shot. And then it goes to inside her memories, inside of her head, basically. And what she see? She's a close up of the revolver. Yes. She's yes. looking at the revolver. And then we're behind the revolver. We can't see Bill in the reflection. And then we get that really cool shot of the close up of the bullet exploding out of the of the yes. of the tunnel of the of the gun in slow motion. That's cool. Yeah. That's it. Oh my god. I totally spaced on that. Thanks, man. Thank you. You 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 I set catalyst. you up. You set me up by fucking dunk that shit, dude. You got a poster dunk on that and one. And then she <clears throat> jumps up awake. She jumps up awake. Then she hears the guys talking outside. Not yet. Pro- no. She looks around. Then she looks at her belly, and her stomach's gone. Starts crying. She weeps because she yeah. lifts up her shirt and realizes that she's not pregnant. And she the, thinks the baby's scarring. dead. And she, yeah, she obviously thinks the baby's dead. She weeps for a moment, and then she hears the- No, then she looks at her palms, and she's able to tell from the lines in her palms how much she's aged. And she says, four years, four years. Really? Yep. You don't remember that? She looks at the palm, the lines in her palms, and- is able to def- no, I remember she like looks at her hands. She she's she able to determine from the lines that it's been four years of since she's last saw them. Did she say that? Yeah, she says it, hundred percent, hundred percent, thousand percent. She's able to tell. She she says four. She's oh, yeah, four she- years. Yeah, you don't remember huh. that? You remember the mosquito? No, I'm, but you don't no, remember I'm, that. How <laughs> 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 do you remember the mosquito? But you don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember her looking at this. Oh man, I guess I just haven't seen it in a few yeah. years. Yeah. She goes four years. She like does she grunts it though. She's like four years. No, right? No, it's more of like a shock. Four years. It sounds like Voldemort. Four, four years. years. Buck. Buck <laughs> likes to fuck. Come to die. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so she says four years, and then she hears the guys talking outside, approaching the room, panics, and then she just lies back down, plays coma again, plays dead. Not dead, but coma. Yeah. And basically what we what we just were saying about the rules. What we just said, yeah, yeah. So put that all in here now. <laughs> Reinsert it. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. So Bill leaves. He says, have fun. I Buck leaves. Buck, I'm sorry, Buck leaves. Buck and the trucker, not Bill. And uh, I believe we also saw the pussy wagging keychain by now. I think that when we are introduced. The first shot of the guy of the is, is the, is the, is the, is the um, keychain. Pussy wagging keychain. Yeah. So... Buck leaves. Trucker's here. He's like, oh, you are a pretty girl. <laughs> and he climbs on top of her. Yeah. And he starts kissing her. He goes in the kiss. And then it cuts to... It I cuts to black. It cuts to the hallway. And we hear him screaming in the distance, right? No, no. It, it does a, a cut to black and a slow fade in uh, with the eerie music. And he's screaming. And she has his tongue in her in her teeth. She has his tongue in her teeth. I think it's, I think it's teeth. guitar. It's Cynthia. Yeah. Yeah, that song. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it cuts to her, him her biting his lip. His tongue. Is it tongue? Okay, is it's it tongue? His tongue? No, it's lip. Because it's stretching like crazy. Oh, yeah, it's his lip. Yeah. It's lip. And then it cuts to her throwing his body off of him. She's covered in blood and so is he. Yeah. And so basically... 
I, I wonder they don't he, they don't show if he was killed off screen or not. It's not showed. It just cuts. So he's probably unconscious. He's dead. She probably from snapped. all the blood. I insinuate he's dead. Probably. And so because why why put blood if, if you don't want to infer that? So she tosses him off him. He falls limply to the ground. And mm -hmm. then Beatrix covered in blood. And then she heaves herself off the bed and falls. Realizes to the she ground. can't walk. Falls like a dead set of bricks, like a, a bag of bricks to the ground. Then she looks at her legs and feet. And she can't move them. She's like hitting them. She's like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> but then she hears Buck. Whistling, right? Whistling down. The, uh, maybe whistling. Yeah, he's whistling. Maybe, yeah. Or maybe he's like, I think he's talking to another uh, a doctor. No, he's whistling. Then he like, he creepily looks at a female doctor. Oh, yeah, right. He yeah, like, yeah. he like. He like mm -hmm. looks at her, yeah, because mm -hmm. he's obviously a rapist creep. And then she gets ready for him. So when he enters the room, he steps inside. She's gone, and then the trucker's dead on the floor, and he's like in shock, like what the fuck? She grabbed a little knife, pen. No, it's a little knife. Was it a knife or is it a pen? It's okay, a, it's a knife. It's a scalpel. She grabs a scalpel, something like that, yeah. And then while he's like shocked, like looking. Uh, they drop the camera down. They track it down to reveal her. I shudder too. Yeah, to reveal her behind him. Uh, no, it's a it's a slow, slow frame rate. Slow sh okay, slow, slow frame rate. rate. It's a twelve Choppy. twelve f fps. Yeah, and then it's, we see her, her lying right behind his ankles, and she slices his Achilles. No, she's waiting with it in yeah. her in her hand, and then she like slices his Achilles. Slices the Achilles, and he falls. And he to the falls ground. to the floor, and then <clears throat> she grabs him by the shoulder, throws his head. Places his head in the doorway and just smashes the door into it. Where's Bill? What? <laughs> Where's Bill? <laughs> Asks him multiple times. And he's like getting his ass, his head beat in, obviously. And then... He doesn't know who Bill is, obviously. Yeah. And then she gets memories of while she's been unconscious in her coma. Yes. Of Buck raping her. So and she gets the flashback POV of, of him. Of my name. She's like, your name's Buck, right? You like to fuck, Right. Right. Boom! One final smash. And oh my god! Kills her. Hair skull crunch. It's great. Absolutely. It's it's awesome. And then she's searching his body and grabs, finds keys, and she looks at it. It says she sees pussy wagon. She's like, what the fuck? And then she slams him again. <laughs> I think she calls him something too. Something. I think. I think maybe cunt. And Cunt's then and then it cuts that. to her in the wheelchair in the parking lot with the disco music. Herself. <laughs> she's looking. She's looking. She's looking. Can't find the car anywhere. Then she screeches, screeches to a halt, backs up a little bit, sees the yellow truck with pussy wagon written on it. Looks Not the, yet. Looks at the keychain. It doesn't cut to the truck yet. She It cuts to her looking and yeah, looking yeah. at the keys. And then she says, pussy wagon. <laughs> and then, then we see the truck. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets in the back seat. Yes. And sits she down. climbs into the back seat. She yeah. Climbs into the back seat, lays back in the seat against the door, and puts her feet up on the table, on the seats. Yes. And... Goes into basically a, a state of meditation to try and get her feeling back in her legs and starts by telling herself to wiggle her big toe. Wiggle your big toe. And then wiggle we have the cool kung fu sound It took effects. this long for Tarantino to get feet in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did it? Yeah. yeah. No feet. Holy crap. No bare feet. Well, he's there in well, there. Well, no, bare feet is in the hospital when she falls off the hospital bed. Bare feet. Yeah, true. Yeah. There's bare feet in there. Yeah. Okay. Wiggle your big toe. Wiggle your big toe. Now we're gonna travel through time again, right? Yeah. So where to? All right, let's think. Let's think. Let's think. So we're going from obviously hospital. This to are we gonna do the uh, oranishi? Oh, this is what it back, is. Flashback. It's her voiceover of, of telling oh, right. everything, right? Yeah. 
It's the Oranishi story. Well, it's, it's it's a little bit of everyone. So basically, I believe this is correct. Where now she's in her backseat, we get voiceover of Beatrix Kiddo telling the story of what happened to her, and then we get flashbacks of also at the chapel, in a combination of her basically looking up at all the all the people who were kill, who killed her or part of this, and Vernita Green's there as well as Oren Ishii, and then also Bud. She she the, the deadly okay. assassin. The, we the, see we see the Viper Squad. The Deadly Assassin Viper Squad. Walking That's into the church Dead, from behind. Deadly Viper Assassin Squad. We see them out. They're all holding machine guns outside the church, and they all walk in. Something we see like that, that, I believe. Definitely see that. And then we do see them, uh, POV, looking up at them, all looking down at her. We do see that, I think. Yeah, what's the, the, what's the dialogue? What's the voiceover? She's voiceovering. She's basically explaining. I'm, basically, I'm going to footnote this. I'm telling. I'm going to tell you the story of all the cunts that did this to me, basically. Uh, yeah, you're right. These yeah. are all the cunts that did this to me, all members of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad, yeah. all led by Bill, uh, Vernita Green. We have, obviously, Oren Ishii. But when we go to get to Oren Ishii, that's when we get the great montage the mod- yes. of Oren Ishii's backstory. So then we cut to the anime. Yeah, the, the incredible Oren anime. Ishi- <clears throat> so Oren Ishii. I believe, I believe that's correct. I think you're right. Should I should I check just to make sure so we don't get too far off course? I feel like that's good. Let's just let's just think for a moment mm-hmm. to make sure that the next thing is Oren Ishii's backstory because I honestly can't think of what would be next. Um, because it definitely is because then it cuts it will cut back to her wiggling her toe, and then it cuts to her going to then it cuts to her in Japan taking the plane to Japan. Okay, then, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, no, I think we're right. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. Because then after she gets to Tori Hanzo's, then we're going to see the underworld scene. Yeah, and Sophia yeah. and everyone else. Okay, so, so anime. Anime time. Talking Just, about Oren Ishii. She was a little Oren kid. Ishii. Oren Ishii. She was a little kid, and both her parents were killed by a mob's crew. A Yakuza boss yeah. killed her family, and basically while she was under the bed, her father was a cop, right? And yes, he stood would, up. I think he wouldn't get paid off. Or yeah, something. I think he wouldn't get paid off by the Yakuza or something like that. And so the Yakuza boss killed him and his wife. They didn't know that Oren Ishii was hiding underneath the bed. And this is an incredible scene. It's so tragic, but it's animated so well. Great music, great sound design. And they killed- I believe it's the music from Once Upon a Time in the West. It's possible. I'm yes, not sure. With the harmonica. Can't, can't back that up. And then, obviously, they're killed, and we have the great scene where the sword crashes down through the mattress while Oranishi is hiding underneath it, and the blood starts to pour through the mattress onto her and starts to rain on top of her underneath the bed. Yeah, her when, mother. and then Ennio Morricone's score is just going full out, man. It's but great. we also see a little bit of her father fighting off the Yakuza <clears throat> mobsters at first. Question for you here. Something I've always looked at in this... Uh, I mean, it could be incorrect, but I, I like to think that... You know that that skinny guy... Who does like the? He kicks the match to light the bed on fire. Yeah, the cigar, yeah, the main like the main mobster, <clears throat> the best instrument. like yeah. yeah I, the, I look at that as Bill. I like to think that that could be Bill. No, I don't see that as Bill because then the problem would be why would Oren remember him? I think everyone in this room is Japanese. Yeah, okay, you might be right. I think that's it. Yeah, they're all yakuza because he has like a young Bill look. He's just skinny and lanky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could look like he does look like Bill, but I think he's Japanese. That's that's the problem. Yeah, you might be right. It's something I've it's always just thought theory. about. I've always thought that I never, maybe that's Bill. I never would have looked at Bill as being that that evil and malicious of a person. He's obviously a killer, a cold-blooded killer. He always has been. But in terms of just being a sinister motherfucker like that. I think that it it does work and he maybe slowed down in terms of that um, malevolence as he got older. Not as much as a psycho. 
But I thought I like if it's a young version of him, it was probably more extreme. Yeah, maybe more I don't, out of control. It's an interesting theory. Yeah, I've, I've never, I've never heard that I always theory. thought of that. I've never heard that theory. Yeah. But I think you're. Right. I don't think there's a connection with him and Arunichi until she's older. Yeah, you might. You're probably right. Now. After the death of her parents, Oren Ishii swears vengeance on this Yakuza mobster. And so she basically does. So not she's not, not that yet. First, what she does is she starts training, obviously. But yes. first, she poses as an escort yes. for the Yakuza the, yeah. boss mm-hmm. and kills the Yakuza boss with with a sword and just unleashes blood everywhere. It's yeah. crazy. And she all, she says, like, her parents' name. Look at my do you, face. Do you, do you remember, remember my face? face? Do you know this face? Yeah. And yeah, something like that. Kills him. Kills everyone. And then the cool montage of her becoming She's in the red suit and she snipes out the guy inside the limousine. Yeah, from a vast distance. Yeah. But we get Grace still getting great voiceover right now of Beatrix talking about how Oren Ishii, I think at the age of seventeen, was the most deadly assassin on the planet. And she she carried out like like a crazy number of hits by the age of seventeen, yeah. she also said. Like the number of hits she carried out was insane. So she used the vengeance of her parents to become the top assassin, top assassin on the planet, yeah. and then we we get the great sequence of her taking over the Tokyo underground crime ring. Not yet, not not yet, not yet. That's later. That's after she goes to Tori Hanzo, because then it's like three weeks for him to make the sword. Okay, so what's next then? After Oren Ishii's story, <clears throat> we cut back to. Do we go back to Beatrix in the car? How so? How does her story end? Oren Ishii, she kills the guy, snipes the guy in the limousine, mm-hmm. and then, hmm. I don't think that the uh, severing the head of the Yaku- of the other Yakuza guys that doesn't happen this. until Beatrix that's, is traveling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, what's the next scene? The next scene would be because <clears throat> obviously it's not anyone else later. It's not. It's got to be. Let's see. It's got to be a Beatrix with the toe, right? I think it's Beatrix with the toe. I think it's wiggling think it her big back toe. To her. Yeah, so I think Beatrix wiggling her big toe, and then she's like, "All right, let's get the rest of these piggies moving." Because all, because really, Oreni she's the main antagonist of this movie, yeah. the main big villain. She's after big Vernita bad. Green, yeah. because after this, it's just all the sequences and, in Japan. And Oren does get it does cut back and forth multiple times until we get to the big uh, location. Now, before we get more into movies from memory, let's talk about our amazing sponsor. MoviePosters.com, the number one place to get your posters online today. Be sure to use our promo code Raiders10 at MoviePosters.com to get 10% off your order right now. They have a huge selection of pretty much every movie and TV show imaginable in their poster library, as well as all sorts of sizes, framing, and even backlighting for your poster needs. So be sure to use MoviePosters.com with our promo code Raiders10 to get 10% off your order right now. Okay, so... Beatrix wiggles her big toe, wiggles her big toe. Now, then we get the pussy wagon driving off. Pussy wagon driving off, and then Japan, the the plane. So we're going to Okinawa. So she's she's on the plane with the sword, samurai sword. <laughs> One ticket to Okinawa. One ticket to Okinawa. Please. Does she go see Atoryanzo first before we get the sequence of Oranishii at the council? So, I believe, I believe. We'll go into more detail. I believe it goes plane, Atorianzo. One ticket to Okinawa, please. Wait. One, way. one ticket to Okinawa, one way. Yes. And then... Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got this. Because it's plane, 
it goes plain <clears throat> motorcycle, right? She follows Sophie, sees them, they drive off. And that's then, later. That's later? That's Tokyo. Oh, different plane ride. Yeah, different plane different ride. Because she, she flies one way to t- Okinawa, then yeah. one way to Tokyo. Okay, Okinawa. <clears throat> then she acts as like a tourist in the bar. And okay, then we get so the, the sushi restaurant. Yeah, so she's... um. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, let's go with that. Let's yeah. go with that. So she wiggles her big toe, one ticket to Okinawa, please, and goes to this sushi restaurant where the sushi chef is being hilarious and he's very boisterous and loud. Him and, and his friendly. brother, they're, uh, they're arguing. I've never, I've never looked at it as brother. I looked at it as like their brothers and they own the shop. No, the I, they I talk. Just, it's an apprentice, not a brother. I wouldn't say apprentice because the same age. They're not the same age. Yeah, they are. No, it's an apprentice because Torianzo's a master. Yeah, I, I, I would say, okay, maybe an apprentice, but he's, he's also with, very old. Not really that old. The other guy's old. He's like in his 30s. No, he's not. Yes, he They're is. They're both old. The bald guy is in his 30s. Atorianzo is easily in his 50s. Okay, you might be right. 100% right. He's just an, he's an apprentice. You're right. He is, he is bald and a little bit younger. And this is a cool sequence because we get Tarantino sort of playing with the style of kung fu filmmaking of a sort of a supernatural great power because Atorianzo, he's slicing up the sushi and he like tosses his knife against the wall and it magnetizes to the wall. It's really cool the way, it, the cool effect that it has. And Beatrix is playing dumb. She's saying she just started learning Japanese. You say arigato like we say arigato. arigato. Very good. Very good. <laughs> she, he, he, she's like, I heard it's kind of hard. <laughs> no kidding. I heard it's kind of hard. Yeah. And Hattorianzo is <laughs> really, really funny. And we don't know who he is yet until Beatrix. So what brings you? Why she, she, He asks her why she's in Japan. And she says... In, in perfect Japanese, she has vermin to kill. Not yet. Oh, no. She said, she said, I'm looking for a friend. I'm here to see a friend. And he goes, he goes, oh, how do you know this friend? Or is it like a man? And she goes, his name's Atori Hanzo. And then he stops. Yes. And then, he drops and then the, the guy in the back drops the T. Yeah. And he's just like, how do you know that name? And then she speaks Japanese. Then she says... I look. I'm looking for Japanese steel. I need yeah. Japanese steel. I need Japanese steel. And he asks, "Why do you need this?" She says, "Because I have vermin to kill." Exactly. We got it. Yeah, there we go. And then, so he takes her up into the attic, which is his workshop where he crafts swords, mm-hmm. and she is enamored and in love with the work that he does. And Great song she, plays yeah, too. Yeah, and she's just just walking through the shelves and looking at the wall swords of that he swords. Has. And um, Torianzo basically watches her. And she's gonna grab one, and he says, "No, the one above it." No, no, no. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry, sorry. She's like, she looks so one she likes. He goes, "No, she, the next one up." Yeah. It's like his purse, probably his personal favorite. So then she grabs it, and just from holding it with her two hands, she like exhales, like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." And then he says, "You like swords? I like baseball." And then he throws a ball. Well, first, at- she first she unsheaths it. Yeah. So she opens it slowly, and we hear the glistening, the high pitched glisten. And she looks at it, and then she whips it open. Unsheaths it. And then he says, you like swords, I think? And then he says, I like baseball. And then he chucks it at her, and she slices it in half. Yeah. It's a great test to see if she's actually mm-hmm. legit. Legit. And she says, I need a sword. And he basically tells her, I quit making swords she, long she ago. She asks if she can have one of these. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. But she, he says that he quit making swords. Mm-hmm. He stopped doing it because I, I believe he doesn't want to make weapons that kill anymore. Exactly. And then she says, just give me one of these. He says they're not for sale, and she says, "I didn't say sell me. I said give me." Mm-hmm. And then he asks her. He, something he says, else. "What makes you think I would just give you a sword?" And, and, she, and then she 
and then she walks across the room. She says, "One of my speak." No, she. Yeah, she says, "These ver- this vermin I have to kill is a former, a, student, a former of yours. student of yours." And he says, "Which student?" And he said, "And she says something specific." And then it causes him to like basically almost fall to his knees. Then he walks over to the dusty window and he writes, "Bill." What does she say? Yeah, he writes, "Bill." Slowly and painfully yeah. writes, "Bill." Yeah. What does what does she say to him? She says this vermin. He was a student of yours. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think she says anything else. I I can't remember what it is. Then he writes Bill, and then he says with with a couple of, a moment of <clears throat> contemplation. Then he eventually says, "I'll need a month to make the sword. You can you can you, you can stay here and train. Yeah. You can stay here, and I suggest you train. Yeah. And then she goes over and she wipes out Bill off the window after he goes down the steps. Yeah. yeah. Now, we go to Oranishi in the underworld. In the, well, I think we got yes. it. I think we're good. Yeah. I think we're good. So now we're in the council. Everybody's celebrating. And we get voiceover again of Beatrix Kiddo talking about how a half-Japanese, half-Chinese-American has been now named the leader of Japanese mob world. And this is like the Yakuza underworld council, basically. The leaders of... All the, the Japanese families and all the crime families. They're all celebrating, except for one of them who's got a sour look on his face at the end of the table. And then he slams his hand on the ball. What are we celebrating? <laughs> and basically they're all like, what's with this What is with this disrespect? Our sister is our new leader. This is a time of celebration. And then Oreni Shii. What are we celebrating? Yeah. I love, I love Oreni Shii so much. And she basically says, no, let him voice his opinion. If he has something to say, let him say it. Yeah. And then he basically says... We've tainted our world basically by letting this half Japanese, half Chinese American be in control of our the leadership of our world. Yeah, I believe he calls her the c word too, maybe. Possibly, I think he says something very insulting about half her. half Japanese, half Chinese American cunt. I think that's what it is. Oh, something like that. Either cunt Yankee? Or, no, he says bitch or or something. Yeah, I think he says, he says something he super says derogatory. Something insanely derogatory. Yeah, very derogatory. And then it's super silent, and Oren stands up. She's very in control and precise. And she says, you know, she's always open to uh, discussion and she doesn't want any of them to be afraid to voice. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. What she does next is she gets on the table, yeah. walks over and slices oh, his yeah. head off. Slices, runs Sli- across the table, slices the head off. Slices his head off. And then blood sprays everywhere. Exactly. And everyone's freaking out. Yeah. And then she sheets her sword. We get a great shot of Sophie smiling. Yeah. And then Oren Ishii puts her sword away and calmly says... Uh, in English, because she doesn't want she, she speaks and she says she's going to say this in English because to stress her point. Show like how that. serious show how serious she is. Show how serious is because that's also her heritage yeah. as well as being Japanese and Chinese, being from America. And she says, as your leader, I implore you and I want you to voice opinions if you think there's a different core of action that might benefit us better. I'm always open to anything you have to say, and I'm not, I don't want you to be afraid to vocalize your opinion about anything except for one subject, the subject of my Chinese-American heritage is the only subject that's basically taboo. If you bring that up, the price is I collect your fucking head. I take your fucking head. <laughs> she holds it up. <laughs> Already she's such a that's badass. Great. I fucking love great. it. I love this movie. It's great. So awesome. I collect your fucking head. (laughs) The price of which is... (laughs) All right. We got that. Yeah. See, that wasn't earlier. This is the spot. Yes, yes, yes. Right. All right. So now I believe we have... It's been a month, right? And the sword's finished. And we have a great, beautiful sword ceremony. We have the ritual. In a ceremony of her getting the sword. And they're they're all dressed in like their best attire. 
especially Hattori and his and his apprentice. And he he says this is the the greatest sword I've ever made. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how sharp it is. He says. He says something about... Oh, here it is. This was something we missed earlier. So when she's crossing out Vernita Green's name in the truck, we hear a voiceover of Hattori Hanzo. And he says, basically this is coming back to here later on, talking about how any foe that gets in your way, you must uh, cut them down. Even if God is in your way, you must cut God down. Yeah. That's what is said in the voiceover, I believe, in the truck when she's crossing out okay. Vernita Green's name. I think name. you might be right. But in this shot, he sh- he says some great metaphor of like how sharp it is if like something came down from heaven and tried to st- I don't know stop you it would slice through that too. Like he see- no, if God comes down, yeah, it, it would cut God in half. You you will cut God in half. Yeah, you I must. think that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it is. Like yeah. nothing can stop you. You have to with continue. this sword. Yes, exactly. So even though Dory Hanzo saying, I've never made anything even close to this sharp. It's a beautiful ceremony, and clearly the apprentice wasn't just a Japanese. Apprentice, either he was a swordsmith's apprentice as well for Hattori Hanzo because he's part of the ritual as mm-hmm. well. It's really great. And she's obviously so grateful for this beautiful sword and deserving of it and worthy of Hattori Hanzo's steel. Then we cut to next plane ride. Yes, plane ride. One ticket to Tokyo, please. <laughs> and she's sitting there with the sword. Yeah, sword. The hilt's right there, right next to her armrest. And then we have the great miniature airplane flying through the beautiful, like, Pink and red drenched sky. Yeah. It's awesome. Then we have the cool trumpet song. The and then they have the miniature set of Tokyo. And the plane flies into the miniature of Tokyo. It looks awesome, doesn't it? And then, so she lands, and Beatrix now has this badass one piece that looks obviously like Bruce Lee's. And a motorcycle that matches. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, through the airport. Through the airport. Then gets the We see the red apple cigarette sign. Exactly. But eventually, getting to the motorcycle in the suit, obviously, the yellow and black and motorcycle and helmet, and she's following over Nishii's crew on the streets. And then she pulls up next to one of the cars, and Sophie's inside, and she hears the phone ring, and Sophie answers the phone, and it, Beatrix the fo- recognizes the phone ring it's from... It's like the... No, it's... Yeah, what I just said. Something like that. That's that song. Yeah. Which is the, the, we only hear like the first several notes. That's, the, that's definitely the song. And then follows them and they're going to they're going out to a restaurant club. Yeah. So that's that's it. It's basically. like a hotel club, yeah. Restaurant. Yeah. It's like a house of blues. Yeah. It's a Japanese house of blues. Yeah. Something like that. Something so, like that. It's a blues. It's like a music venue mm-hmm. restaurant. And Oranishii. Oh, we forgot about Gogo. Where do we, where does she talk about Gogo? She talks about Gogo. Well, she's talking about Ori Ishii in Crazy 88s. Well, we're getting voiceover here, yeah. I believe, from Beatrix as well, yeah. where, she, where she's following the gang. They're in the restaurant, and she, we're obviously, I think we're getting voiceover because this is when we see Gogo for the first time is following walking the down group, the hall her personal bodyguard yeah her personal bodyguard that's what go, it is go, they're, they're dun, 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 and then something like that we so all ran in her top dogs are yeah, walking down the hall and then beatrix talks so about we have go 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 yubari and we have the great flashback of go go how crazy she is where she's only a teenager and she's also insane <laughs> and she's at a bar drinking with some guy getting drunk and she asks the guy do you want to fuck me and he's like, <laughs> and she's like, do you want to fuck? Uh, yes. And then stabs him in the stomach and releases it. His Disembowels organs. Him. Yeah, basically yeah. right there at the table. Covers herself in blood, too. <laughs> it's crazy. 
And also we learn about John... The, the other main henchman with the John mask. John something. The guy with the, yeah, the, the main guy with the mask. He's got the Kato mask. The Kato mask. I think his name's John. What he's fighting. He's like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> from, from just listening, it sounded like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds like the Kato guy. And then we learn about Sophie Fatale as well. Yes. Who is Oren's best friend and a lawyer? No. Something. Some, I think maybe a lawyer. I think she's just like her right-hand person. Either a lawyer or an accountant, something like that. Yeah. But it's also her best. She's also her best friend. They're and besties. They're, they're besties. And so now we're inside this club and we get the yoo-hoo, yoo And then the manager, the two managers, the husband and wife, they're so nervous about the crew being there. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. <laughs> you look like Charlie Brown. They're, they're just fucking with them and he, they're like, it's terrified that they'll kill them if something's wrong. This song was all over commercials for, too because of yeah, Kill Bill. It was very they popular. Made, called, the band's called the 5678, yes, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And then they're walking up into the private room. And so Oren Ishii and her crew are given the private room. And Beatrix is following them, right? Beatrix is she's no, not there. Okay, she's, she's not already there. there. But Tarantino's, she's at the bar. Yes. So, okay, one take. Ready? Follows them up into this the private room. This is some of the room. best filmmaking Tarantino's ever yeah. done, too, because the set is huge. Yeah. So it follows them up into the private room, and then they settle in with the managers talking to them about the place. And then Tarantino brings the camera down to the bar where Beatrix is sitting, and she's wa- she's been watching them the whole time. Then Beatrix follows Sophie. No, Beatrix goes into the bathroom to change, and we get the overheads. Of the entire location. Oh, yeah, and the silhouette of Beatrix yeah. in the... in the Beatrix goes in the bathroom yeah. to change into her yellow suit. And then she hears the phone ring again, and Sophie's in the bathroom, And we get the red and white, the red the red flashing. We did go a little ahead. We skipped something. We did skip something. What did we skip? So we skipped because Sophie, because after this she takes Sophie's arm and stuff. But she, uh, Beatrix went up to the door of the private private suite. Oh yeah, and then so the, they're messing, they're messing with Charlie Brown. The guys are messing with Charlie Brown. We want pizza. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like panicking, like he can't get them what the guys want. And then Oren Ishii couldn't be, she doesn't really care. But Gogo, I think, is getting entertained by it. But then Oren Ishii hears something, throws her little needle through the through the canvas. And the needle pierces through the canvas and sticks into the, a, a wooden beam right next to Beatrix's face. And then Beatrix is like, shit. And run, once that happens, Oren Ishii looks at Gogo. Gogo runs outside, steps onto the platform. Takes looks, out a, a, a little a, dagger. Little, little, na- little knife, yeah, a dagger. Looking around. Nobody here. She goes back inside to the suite. And Beatrix is upstairs. It's hanging. It's not hanging. <laughs> not hanging, but she's like in the rafters. magicianed herself in the rafters, yeah. We missed that bit. Totally right, man. Then she drops down again, and then she goes into the bathroom. That's right. Okay, and then Sophie's, Sophie's in, in there. there. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're yeah, good. we're doing good. We're doing good. So yeah. now, this is when she takes Sophie yes. as a hostage, hostage. right? Yeah. Takes Sophie as a hostage, and but we don't know it yet. Because it goes, it cuts, it back, cuts, to, to cuts back to Oren Cuts back to with with Crazy Eighty Eight crew, the main the, the main henchmen. And then we hear the screams of, already she, right? Yeah. 
She screams Oranishii's names. Oranishii. Yeah. Um, and she's speaking Japanese to her. What'd she say to Oranishii? Um, well, so everyone comes out. To look at her. Yeah, they, yeah. they come out to look at her. And she has Sophie pinned up like, basically against the wall or like a beam. No, she's like holding her. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's holding her. And, and she chops her arm off. Not yet. Uh-huh. Not yet. She What'd she, she waits. Say? She waits a minute. She waits till Oren's there. And Oren she can't believe that Beatrix is alive. Then we get the close zoom ins of the face with in the in their eyes with the red siren okay. of both of them. And then a flashback of Oren Ishii standing over Beatrix at yeah. the chapel. And then she slices or uh Sophie's arm off. Yeah. And then everyone panics. Every all the normal people panic and start running around. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like slipping on blood. And the amount of blood that's coming out of, of Sophie's arm is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. She's screaming. It's very anime. And then the first So the place empties out. And then Beatrix walks closer to the center of the room, and then Oren has her two of like her first grunts go downstairs to battle Beatrix, and she easily um, it's three of them I believe, yeah. and she easily outduels them, kills them no problem. Yeah, takes on two people, then takes on four people I think, and then takes on Joe by herself, right? Joe, I mean John, John. I think it's the Kato guy. Hold on. I think it's John. I can IMDb. You have IMDb up. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, let's just get his name right. Johnny Mo. Johnny Mo. Johnny Mo. So Johnny. So yeah, she sends two people. She takes them out easily. I love when she lifts one of them up with the sword inside of their stomach and tosses them into that yeah, little, that's great. little pond. And then takes on four people, including Johnny. Knocks him out. And then we have the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's a great fight because it's the four of them and like running up the railings and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then knocks Johnny out, but kills the other three. Kills everyone else. And then she sends Gogo. Yes, the Gogo fight. Yeah. So then she sends and, and Gogo Beatrix <laughs> took them out, but she got hit a few times. You know, she's tired. And um then Gogo walks down the steps and then Beatrix is like, You don't have to do this. Gogo, right? Yeah, Gogo, right. You don't have to do this. I know you want to protect your master, but you can just leave. She's like trying to reason with her. <laughs> And then Gogo Is that how you beg? <laughs> so then she drops the ball and chain, and Beatrix does like that. Oh, that reaction. I think she says maybe try harder or something like that. And then she presses a button, and blades, uh, a set of blades uh, emits from the edge of encircling the entire um, ball. Yeah, this is a great fight, and Gogo's obviously highly skilled in, in swinging that fucking ball around like crazy. <laughs> and swings at Beatrix a couple times. Beatrix dodges it, but she has her sword up for defense and almost hits her. And then she's moving to jumping on top of the tables. With the cool sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do what that. What was that? <laughs> that was more like a cat Anthony's looking at a squirrel. Like <laughs> Anthony's acting like he's a human soundboard, but he's not good at soundboard <laughs> effects. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then they're fighting the table. Beatrix gets hit in the chest, and she falls into another table, and we have the funny sound effect of, of a strike of pins. Bowling and, pins, yeah. Of bowling pins Whoosh. getting knocked down. <laughs> and then Beatrix got hit in the back and gets hit in the head once. She gets hit in the chest, but I think yeah. hit in the head by a piece of wood or something like that. But then she— But uh, she's like— Gogo has the edge. Yeah, Gogo yeah. uh, pushes her she against the She got her beam, on the run. And then— Throws the ball around the beam and starts to choke. It Beatrix wraps around her and then hook and then sticks into the back of the pillar. One time, no, no, the bowling thing is when Beatrix hits the ball like a baseball bat and it hits Gogo. Gogo gets hit by the ball and she falls and tumbles into the tables with the bowling ball. Yes, yeah, yeah, right. That's yeah, what it is. But yeah. then Beatrix is getting choked by Gogo with the chain. There is a cool slow motion shot of the ball 
with blades. Yes, definitely. There's a cool slow motion one. Good trailer shot too. Yeah. And then choking Beatrix as she gets closer and closer, pulling more on the chain, but then taking more slack. Yeah. Beatrix really quickly thinks on her feet, hits up a piece of wood that has nails on it, stabs Gogo in the toes, right in the foot, yes, and, and then, then she screams, and then lets go of the chain. Then then Beatrix stabs her in the head with the nails. And they put the camera on the wood, so you swing with the wood. That's the shot. Is the metal beam. The camera's attached to the metal beam in the nails, and they just drive right into the head. And then Gogo cries blood and dies. And then falls. Great shot. Yeah. Now, Beatrix walks over to... All fucked up by now. Yeah. Covered in blood, yeah. Oranishii. And Oranishii takes out a knife, a dagger, unsheaths it, and then suddenly we hear the sounds of a ton of motorcycles surrounding this club and restaurant. And then Beatrix says, is that what I think it is? And Oranishi says, you didn't think it was going to be that easy, did you? You know, for a second there, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then, um, silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. <laughs> we nailed that dialogue. And so many motorcycles pull into this. We just hear the sound of so many of them. And then the crazy 88. Who knows if they're actually 88 of them? It seems like it. Maybe like 50. It's really 88. It's just, a, it's just a name. It's just a name they give yeah. themselves. That sounds cool. <laughs> That's because the, That's what Bill said. Bill, Ted, I mean, Bud asks him, is there really 88 of them? That's just what they're called. <laughs> they think it sounds cool. But it seems like 88 of them. Surround, and they all storm in. They they're, storm in with swords. Yeah, they, and they surround her and encircle her. And surround Beatrix. And it's the craziest fight. It's like a 15-minute fight all out Well, battle. yeah, we can just go step by step. Yeah, no, so, I'm just saying overall. So they all pull out their swords. And Oranishi says, kill the bitch, I believe. Something like that. I believe so. And then, you know, they all, she has her bow, sword out. Bow. And they're, she's like looking around, waiting for the first person to strike. Someone also has a ball and chain too, and that's going with the rhythm. It's yeah. like, and then I think a couple people attack her, and she takes them out easily. And that makes everyone else a little bit cautious as they approach her. And then it's like multiple people charge at her. She uses one of them as a body, as a shield. Well, what's great is it starts, before they attack, we have the building of music with tension, yeah. like the chain and yeah. everything. We have some guitar riffs. And then when they start to attack, there's no music. And after about a minute or so, then it turns to black and white. It gets pretty serious. So, but first there's breakdancing. So she does the breakdance fighting. No, it's black and white first. No, she does that before it goes black and white. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, that's dun. in color. Okay, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so she does the dancing, she's breakdance fighting, she's cutting off ankles, she's slicing faces, she's maiming people. Zoe Bell is awesome in the scene. She's yeah. the stunt double. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. She does like a backflip. She does all sorts of shit. And then she's starting to get pinned down, and she's got a guy as a, in, as a shield. Yeah, yeah. She and she's like keeping people at bay. Everybody's very scared to even she's, approach she's her. She's got a sword through him and, and yeah. using him as a shield. Yeah, as a shield. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like running around. Boom. Down. And then she's looking around. Boom, yeah, boom, exactly. Boom, boom. She's kind boom. of at a loss of what boom. to do. do, 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 do. Then <clears throat> someone approaches her. She snaps her, snacks, uh, snatches their eye. Yes. Cuts to black. Yes. Once she takes that eye. And then for the, the rest of the, sh uh, the fight, and for now, it's black and white. It's excellent. And it eventually switches... <clears throat> But also, do we have the cool punk rock song now? This happens with black and white. Okay, the punk rock. Punk rock, black and yeah, white song. It's, it's like a lot of fun. She's yeah. just slicing everybody up. Yeah. And then I believe it cuts back to color. Is it inside the room upstairs? Or is it when she's running up the so stairs? She up, runs, up the railing. So she kills a bunch of people. She runs up the railing. And then she goes into that room. And we get that like that techno music. <laughs> like space. <laughs> <laughs> she's backing up. And there's... 
people approaching through the doorway, and then a couple of guys cut through the canvas and, and you come hear, into the room. You hear the moaning. Oh, yeah, she <clears> blinks. And then she's surrounded. Close up on her, she blinks, and it goes to blue. I mean, to color. color. And then we see that the background is actually this cool blue, and then everyone's silhouetted. And then but also, before that... When does she fight Johnny next on the railing? Is it after this? She knocked out Johnny before this. Yes. Because she, she runs up the railing and fights Johnny on the railing. Because yes. she, she jumps up the rafters a couple times. Yeah. Runs up the railings. Fights Johnny. And then it's your moment. That's it. <laughs> and then she jumps down with the rope. And, and she slingshots it back and hits him in the head. He gets knocked out into a different room. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. That's what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we're inside this little chamber. With the... Yeah, sci-fi music silhouette bl the great blue silhouette but she killed Johnny Yo uh, before this Johnny Cho Johnny Cho she killed him before yes. this he, and he fell into the water oh yeah and, he bl and he, the blood was right? coming out of his mouth or is it after this I believe it's before this because okay. no because he's it's after, after he's after, still unconscious after so the, blue she room, spanks the kid yeah. he's out there blue room silhouettes jumping around she takes out like four of them then again she takes out the rest and there's one little one left She's about to attack him, then the lights turn on. No, Johnny's the lady turns the lights on. Yeah, sorry, Johnny's gone. Yeah, she, the lady turns the lights on, and right, and she stops the blade right at the, a little kid's neck. He's shaking. And then she's like, what? And then she chops his sword up, turns him around, spakes him. This is what happens when you hang out with the Yakuza. Go home to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and then she... Walks into out, the yeah. She goes outside into the main area, stands on the railing, and basically... In addresses well, every no, no, this I think this is when Johnny surprises her and attacks her. I think so too. So she steps out of that room, and then I I believe Johnny attacks her. They jump on the railing. They they're fighting on the railing. Then she stabs him. Yeah, and he falls into he goes, the pool ah! of water. Yeah, exactly. Spits up blood. Then he falls into the pool of water. And then we get like a wide of like all of the dead bodies. And then she's, she swings the sword yes, down and yes. the blood falls off of it. And then she makes an announcement and she to everybody. everybody. Basically, if you are lucky enough to have your life, go. However, if you've lost any limbs, they belong to me now. You yeah. cannot take them with you. And then Sophie's about to crawl away and she says, except for you, you Sophie. Stay, stay right there. You stay right where you are. And then she goes to the final... Battle. So she walks through one of the other rooms. This is my favorite scene. Bloodied, torn to pieces, and then she opens the door, and then we have the beautiful nighttime exterior with the, the snow. In the backyard of this area. She sees Oren just waiting. It's such a peaceful scene. It's beautiful. This is my second favorite movie scene of all time. Nice. I love it. And it's it's incredible sound design. It's very quiet. And so she approaches Oren, who's waiting for her. Do, what do they say? She, Oren basically says... I hope you've saved your strength yeah. because you're going to need, need it. it. And also, I think that's pretty, I think that's it. And, and this is this the Caucasian girl like no. she played with Samurai Swords line yet? Is no, that that's it? when she's on the ground hurt. Yes. When she thinks she has the upper hand on Beatrix. Mm -hmm. And Oren's insanely confident here. Insanely confident. It's her biggest weakness. And so they line up, basically. They line up. And also, it takes a moment for the fight to begin because... Beatrix is basically limping in there. It's snowing. It's beautiful. But also there's that little, little water, fountain. Wa water yeah. fountain that bubbles water. It fills up then falls down. It's really great sound. It's really interesting. It's like a little metronome almost. Kind of. It's, it's really nice. And then they line up across from each other. And I believe, yeah, they don't really say much, right? right not right here. I don't think so. 
Because Oren's not someone who would apologize. Yeah. You know, she's not going to... She apologizes later. Yeah. About the, After she earns About it. the comment. She doesn't yeah. apologize for yeah, almost yeah, yeah, killing yeah. her. You know, that's the thing with the Oren. Yeah. So they have their first... Well, first, oh, it goes close up on Oren on her feet, and then she steps out of her shoes, and then we get the... Yeah, the clapping. Yes. Yes. And Such a great Spanish song. Spanish guitar. Um, I love this song. It's really and they're, good. This is a different kind of fight. Like, this, dun, they're dun, 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 dun. highly highly trained, and every strike matters. This this is more of a samurai fight. Everything else has been, like, a combination of samurai and kung fu. Don't let me be, be misunderstood. That's the name yes, of the song. Yeah. This is very reminiscent of old Japanese samurai films. Yeah, it really is. It's patient. It's sort of more of a chess game. It's like moves. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's... Uh, rounds. Yeah, rounds, exactly. Basically, just to try to get an upper hand uh, each time. The and first strike that lands is Oren gets Beatrix. I love how long it takes. And the thing with it, so Oren slowly unsheaths her sword, and it's an awesome shot. And yeah. then they go and fight, and first, in while they're sparring and with their swords... Beatrix slices her sheath in half, mm-hmm. her sword cover in half, yeah. and then Oren gets her with a with a cut. Yeah. And, and then the second strike is But then but 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 Beatrix falls to her knee. And she and then they pause for a moment and the water bubbler thing comes up again. And then she and this is is this No, no, she's that's at? after the bi- okay. back. So then they go again and Beatrix gets a strike on her. But no. The, no, no, no. Then Not they yet. go again, and, and she slices Beatrix's back. Yeah, a really bad. And then slice. Beatrix falls to her knees, and we think she's dead. And then this is where Oren says, "Silly Caucasian girl likes to play with samurai swords." You may not be a samurai, but at least you can die like one. Yeah, that's what she says. And, and then, then Beatrix, Beatrix stands up. She uses the sword, yeah. as like a lift to get herself up. And then the, this next attack, Oren misses her strike, and Beatrix counters and gets her. But first, Beatrix says, "Come at me with everything you Come have." Come at me with everything you have. And then uh, Oren misses. Beatrix turns, gets her, I think, her in the hip. And then Oren backs away, limping. And then we see blood drip down her foot. And she says... And she's really hurt. Oren's yeah. really hurt. She and got she, her in a good spot. The look on her face is great. Lucy Lou's terrific in this in this scene. And she realizes that Beatrix actually means business. And she's highly skilled because she landed a blow on me, which probably hasn't happened to me in my entire life. And she says, for insulting you or earlier, I apologize. Oh, and this is when Beatrix, Beatrix says, come at me with everything yes, you have. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does she say that? Uh, apology accepted. Apology accepted, yeah. Come at me with everything you have. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> and they go after each other. And then Beatrix... It's a couple of strikes each. And then Beatrix swings, and then we see Oren's eyes go wide, and then we see the top of her skull flying in the air. In slow motion, And yeah. fall to the snow. Yeah. It's great. And then we don't see the top of her head yet, because then Oren says... It's a tight close-up. She goes, that really was uh, her Tori Hanzo. We forgot to mention that line. Where'd you get that sword? Oh, that's earlier. right. It's a Hanzo sword. It's a Hanzo sword. Oh, my yeah, God. They talk about it earlier. You lie. And then she <laughs> then she's twists the blade and she reveals the logo. Yeah. The now brand. she believes her. Yeah. That really was a Hattori Hanzo. And then it cuts to behind her with a wider shot of the head, and we see her brain. And she falls to her knees. And then and she dies. falls to her knees, and we cut to uh, the reverse close-up of her face and brain and then she falls yeah and Beatrix is covered in blood yeah covered in blood and just walks away yeah she just walks she away. walks away yeah. it's really Limps badass away yeah Oof, I fucking love that scene man <laughs> alright now we got, we're pretty much done with the movie we just gotta tighten it up with a bow at the end oh yeah so a lot of things happen here I believe so we have let's see a couple things we have to figure out there's Bill Bill's voice we have Bud 
we see a shot of Bud. We see a shot, obviously, of Beatrix in the trunk with Sophie. What's first? I believe Bud's next. It's 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 the Bud in the desert. Yeah, I think it's Bud in the desert. I think you might be right. Yeah, we don't see Bill's face <clears> yet, but we hear his voice, and he's talking to Bud. And Bud's basically saying he says that famous line, "That woman deserves her revenge, and we deserve to die." Yeah. And we find out the conversation later on, part two. And then it cuts to Sophie. Beatrix parks the car, opens the trunk. She's wearing her helmet, and we see Sophie, the the main Sophie, in the trunk. And this cross cuts with Bill with Sophie in a chair. Yeah, and he's so, like Sophie's, he's like caressing yeah. her face and everything. Yeah, she's she's been in she's a hospital. Clearly survived. Yeah, and she he asks what did she want, and um, it cuts back to Beatrix talking to Sophie in the trunk. And she says, I want him to, I want, I want him, him to know, know that, that I, I want him to know. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to know that yeah. I know. Or I want him to know what I what I'm coming it? for Bill or something. I'm gonna kill all of you. I want I, I, I want him to know. I want him to know this, and I want him to know that I want him to know. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. I want him to know that I want him to know. Yeah. And <clears throat> you're only being left alive so you can send a message to him. Exactly. That I'm gonna kill him. Um and then, well, it ends with him saying... And then she throws Sophie down the hill. Yeah. And she rolls down the snowy hill. <laughs> In front of a hospital. the hospital. Yeah. And then it cuts to Sophie... Back to Sophie Bill, and Bill, yeah. And Bill's behind her. Obviously, his face is cut off. And he says, does she know that her daughter is still alive? And, and Sophie, cuts, Sophie hesitates and then cut to black. Yeah. I believe that's it. That's it. That's the end of the movie. No. Uh-huh. Before... Before the ending, Beatrix is on a plane back. Mm-hmm. And this is the shot. This is the great shot. This is the shot where she starts to make the list. So this is where yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. she, for the first time, is writing out all five names with the red marker. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's the last shot. The last line on the notebook is Bill. So it's one, two, three, four, five. It goes one with Oranishi E, two Vernita Green, three Bud, four L Driver, and five Bill. Yes. And she writes Bill last really slowly and that's when it dissolves to bill and sophie yeah you're right that's good it. call good call that's it but yeah cuts the black off of sophie fuck yeah man we did it wow wow we did, did a good did job miss anything? i think we got it all in i think we fucking nailed it man nailed it i think we maybe, got maybe it. a couple things out of order here and there possibly but i think we fucking it can be a little tricky it's a little I think tricky we nailed it man because i don't think there's anything else with l right no nothing yeah, Elle's not she has a more significant role in the second one. Yeah, obviously. She think... says the one scene in this one. Yeah. Because we got everything. Yeah. Yeah, we got it all. Wow. That was nice. fun. Air five. Air five. Good job, man. Hey. We you just did kept, a great we job. We just kept setting each other up for alley oops. You know what helps is when, when we don't do the intermission on these ones because then we can keep our train of thought. Yeah, and it's interesting because I haven't seen Kill Bill in a couple years, probably. And we I watched was... it last year. Did we watch it last year? Discord. Oh, we did. Yeah. Okay, so I did watch it last year, but still, it's been a while. Yeah, I haven't seen this in like eight years. I never said that. <clears throat> I said a couple. That's times four, man. You're you're just putting words in my mouth. Okay, I did put words in your mouth. I don't really appreciate it at all. But no, it's still a hard movie to get. Yeah, it's completely out of order. <laughs> <laughs> chronologically, the one of the last shots is the chronologically like the first thing that happens really with yeah. the notebook. Like she doesn't write the names in the notebook, and this is the second shot of the movie. Yeah. Is her cross is like basically seeing that? You know what we should try next is Goodfellas. That would be fun. That would take a while, but it'll be worth it. I think we could do a pretty good job with Goodfellas. I think we could I've do seen Goodfellas. it so many times. Yeah, 
But I think we got everything in this one. I think we did too. Well, I can't think of anything we missed. Yeah, me neither. Well, that wraps our episode on Kill Bill Volume 1, Movies from Memory. Ba, ba, ba. Whoa, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> People listening are like, I'm, I'm deaf now. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Raiders of Lost Podcast. Make sure to become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Of course, leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple. And don't forget to share us with your family and friends. We're so happy to be with you in 2024. Big things are happening this year. We're so excited to be here with you. The third, fourth year of the, sh- of the show now. Fourth. It's pretty, still kicking, man. It's pretty incredible stuff. So thank you so much for your support, everyone. See you next time. This episode was executive produced by our Chosen One patrons, Cody Moen, Andrew Hagen, Becca Keen, Benjamin Cook, Calvin Murphy-Griggs, Nicholas Martin, Darian Singleton, Tyler McFly, Andrew Hagen. Our Chosen One patrons are our biggest supporters. Thank you so much. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.